Custom Car Care. All right. Good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care, with Kyle Wyatt Esquire as our personal guest. Merry here. Christmas. Merry Christmas. We are going to get into some travel stuff, but before we do, you know, we have gone through some Christmas trivia, and I find it very impressive that you knew was w- what was written on the man's sweatshirt in Die Hard. Oh, that, that's yeah. very impressive. Oh. Well done. Well, well done. <laughs> well, when you watch a movie every year, and I am 48 years old, yeah. you, you, you get to know something. You pick up on things, huh? Yeah. You know, as we go through those movies... What did I, his sign say in, in Die Hard 3? Remember when he was out in the street? Oh, I don't think we can say that on... <laughs> I don't think the show... I know exactly what that sign said. <laughs> they. Uh, I don't think... So, that's a great question. Do you think they could make that movie today? What do you think would happen... If they came up with well, Die Samuel Hard 3. Jackson was in it, so I would assume they're going to be okay with it. You think so? Oh yeah. Samuel L. is one of my most favorite actors. I, but I he love plays... his cadence, his mm-hmm. voice. Yep. Uh, Django Unchained was that a, a, a favorite of yours? Mm-mm. No, I've never seen it. So Samuel L. is in that one. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio is in that one. Speaking of injuries, uh, to pick up off kind of where you left on on your show, um, he. Leonardo DiCaprio slams his hand down on the table and it's a very passionate ending to the movie well he cuts his hand and they keep filming and he keeps rolling with it and they had uh, another actor there and he ends up rubbing his bleeding hand all over her face and they used that of course Quentin Tarantino is the director on that one Uh, they used that whole scene uh, to continue that, and he had a very bad cut on his hand. But if you haven't seen that one, that is a very, very I'll good check movie. That out. Jamie Foxx is in it. I'm a pretty big I fan of I Jamie have Fox, seen honestly. That. Yeah. I, I think I've seen most of the Quentin Tarantino movies. Anything he does. Anything he does. Pulp Fiction is... That's one of my most yeah, favorites. Reservoir Dogs. Yep, yep. I have all of those. I had them on, uh, I'm sure, VHS at some point. But I have them on DVD. At I think you and I well. can sit down in the man yes. cave yep. and watch the movies and not have any uh, any problems. I guarantee it. Tombstone? Yep, for oh, yeah. sure. Absolutely. That was my favorite thing. So my Uncle John, he had been a bouncer here in Springfield for years. And when we would go to his house, he always had knickknacks and trinkets that he had taken off people that he had escorted out of the bar. And he also had every cool man movie through the 80s and 90s and 2000s you could have ever watched. Wow. And so that was my favorite thing about going to his house is I could watch whatever movie I wanted. There you go. And, you know, my folks didn't censor movies except Platoon. They would not allow me to watch Platoon as a child. Good language? You know, I don't know, actually. I mean, it was pretty graphic, I guess, but... uh, that was the one thing that I can remember my dad drawing the line on. And I was probably five or six. Oh, well. Yeah. So I was pretty little back then. But other than that, they didn't. I don't know why they wouldn't let me see it. You know, I appreciate that, though. You know, it, and it depends on what school of thought you come from as a child being raised as an adult. I see folks that are really sheltered and, you know, mm. there's a lot of metering of what information or what exposure And I'm really thankful my folks didn't do that because as an adult, I really wasn't surprised by a lot of things. You know, I didn't have to learn some of those experiences when, you know, things counted, I guess. And as a kid, I kind of got to see, well, probably not going to do that or, oh, I'm going to do that or et cetera. Um, And I believe it helped me quite a bit as an adult. So I don't know how everybody thinks about censoring their their children. I feel like they had their whole lives to watch, you know, I'd say filth. 
you know, just, sure. you know, people getting murdered and stuff like that. Now, my 14 year old is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I feel, I, you know, he's going to be 15 next month. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit different. You can start opening up some things, but it's children and stuff. I, I, I guess I do. I, I, I want to watch, uh, you know, language definitely sure. is, a, is a big thing. I don't want to hear F-bombs in a movie and things mm-hmm. like that. So we are pretty, um, I guess pretty well. Our kids go to a private school. Yeah. So there you yeah, you don't get much more sheltering than that. Well, and and, and private Christian school. By the, the way. I think the public schools now are not what they were when I went to public school. They're significantly different. Yeah, um, I'm very thankful my two older kids go to Marionville still, which is still a rural community. Still a lot of the same. You know, I went there through middle school and high school. A lot of the same staffs there. I mean, they, you know, I know everybody there. I guess my point is, is, you know, you can go two ways. You can shelter them and they can learn it on their own with from their friends and the Internet or whatever. Or you can expose them while you're involved with some of that. And it doesn't always have to be movies and filth, but just kind of the uglier side of life, if you will. And I feel like that prepared me that when I was dealing with people, not that like murder or anything like that, but just people in general, sometimes the uglier side of folks is what they're exposed to. And I'm thankful to have done that you know with a little bit of supervision than just hey now you're in college go buck wild you know what i mean and 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 deal with the consequences as well as you know the the world is a lot different place now than it was through the 80s and 90s oh yeah and i have this thought a lot that you know that was in my opinion probably the pinnacle of a time to grow up you know maybe late 70s 80s 90s 2000s Versus growing up now, I have to be much more careful where the kids are at, what they're viewing online, etc. Because the world's got a lot of ugliness in it, I guess would be the way to put it. What pronouns are you using? Yeah, yeah no. no. <laughs> Man or woman. That's the pronoun. But die hard is a good way to cuff people in, you know, to yeah. kind of teach them about life. Yeah, you that's know? true. That was one of his breakout roles, if I remember right. I don't know that I knew who Bruce Willis was before well, he, he was in uh, Moonlighting. Yeah. With Sybil Shepherd. That's who, true. I, now, that was a TV series, if I, uh, I remember So, right. the street I grew up on, in, oh. Oak, in Oak Grove, Kingsway, okay. the guy who lived up the corner was Sybil Shepherd's first cousin. No kidding. And he had pictures where they were growing up together. So, huh. go, how cool is that? You know? This is the moonlighting. But, yeah, moonlighting, I think, uh, at least for me, mm-hmm. is where I, I first saw kind of Bruce Willis. I don't think... I don't remember that I watched that very much as a kid, but I didn't do a lot of TV. We played outside during... You know, it was when the streetlights came on. I don't know if that was how, you know, it was in your house, but you need to be home when the streetlights come on. So it allowed us, and we rode our bicycles everywhere as a child. That was such a big thing. And now, of course, we live rural, um, so it's not such a big deal for my kids. But at some point, you know, I think that's a really important thing. It's really hard to ride a bike on gravel roads. It is. It is unbelievably (laughs) hard. So we moved from LaPorte, Indiana is the town that I spent the most of my academic childhood in. And it was probably the size, if I had to guess, of maybe Nixa and Ozark, somewhere around there. We moved from there to Marionville, Missouri, when I was probably 12 or 13. And Marionville, I think, still has a population of like 2,038 people or something like that. So it was a culture shock for me to have come from a town. And I can remember one of my buddies, uh, he, we had a pretty tight crew of guys, you know, that hung out together. He, When he heard I was moving to Missouri, his question, he was sincere about this question. Do you have bathrooms 
in Missouri? Like, is it, or is it an outhouse that you're, and I'll never forget him asking that question. So I'm like, yeah, it's just like here. Cause obviously I remember living right. here when I was in kindergarten, uh, I went to uh, Indian trail in Carthage, Missouri was my kindergarten school. Then I went to, do you think you would have became a mechanic if you saw Indiana? Yep. I would have. So my dad has been a dealership guy, auto body. Um, I guarantee I would have still been a mechanic even had we stayed there, had we moved to Colorado. This is what I've wanted to do since I was as as little as I can remember. Wow. Even if I moved to Europe someday, I'd be working on BMWs and Audis and that kind of stuff. Uh, or maybe I'd, maybe they have Chevys and Fords over there. I know they have some of them, but um, this this is my chosen profession regardless of, of anything else since I was a small child. Did you ever envision you'd be behind a mic? No, I never did. And uh, Kent, which was our accountant, he's a dear friend. He's passed away at this point. And Nick and I were at lunch here in Springfield, and Nick brought this up at one point, and I thought it was going to be a one-time show. And I turned him down first, and then as we're driving back, I'm like, you know what, Kent, call him, and I think I could do that. Well, thought it was one Saturday? I thought it was one Saturday. <laughs> I swear to God, that's how I got into this deal. And then Kent comes back to me with a year contract, and I'm like, Kent, what are you, really? And uh, he's, so he calls calls Nick back and says, well, what if this doesn't work out? What if he's a bumbling idiot, you know? <laughs> and Nick's like, I'll let you out of the contract. So that's how this this came about. How did you get into this, by the way? I'm, I'm well, it was uh, my favorite show was, was ending. I ah. used to love listening to Tech Talk yep. with uh, Luke Davis. Uh-huh. And uh, and they were he was stopping, uh, and, and Nick approached me and, and said he wanted to do a law show. I'm like, well, you know, maybe we could do it for you know six months. Maybe you're, I was like, how much can you talk about sure. the law? That's exactly what I thought. You know, and but you know, this coming March in three months, it'll be ten years. Man, that's fantastic. Uh, Sarah's giving us the old sign. You're listening to 104 on KSGF. We're going to take a break. You'll get us all back right after this. All right. Welcome back. You got Sarah Dustin and Kyle Wyatt Esquire. Do you know why I always put that in when I introduce you? <laughs> you're a jackass. I <laughs> am. When you did the, uh, I don't even know what that event was called. Um, it was with oh, your... Oh, yeah, that Bass Pro. Yes. That was one of my favorite events, Kyle, which is why I always, you know, introduce you in that manner. That's what you had in up on the screen before you, uh, you did me. your chat. It was Garrett Lane. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> I didn't do that. I really appreciated that. My event. great aunt, but, you know, before she, she's been... She's been gone now for probably 13 years, <clears throat> but she would she would she would uh, send me a birthday or Christmas card, and on the envelope it would say Kyle Wyatt Esquire Aha. family. And so, that's awesome. Yeah, I love nobody. That. Nobody. I don't know anyone in my profession who ever does that outside <laughs> of I don't know marketing or something like that. No, but, it worked out. It that was a great event. I know that's been several years ago now, but yeah. Uh, if you guys ever take an ocean to do that again, I would gladly I told, I've told Garrett about it, uh, Dr. Lane. It was a pretty well-attended event. I yeah, mean, he did was, a good job. Yeah. He had f- nice food, a, a great speaker. Yes, the speakers were amazing during uh, that. One I love was uh, the guy who does all the gardening. Yeah, lasagna stuff. gardening. Yeah. I've actually taken a lot from him and still use a lot of those practices I learned, you know, for my gardening now my garden this year i neglected it a lot but uh you know next year is always another year yeah we got new year's eve coming up so you mm-hmm. got some new year's resolution 
We do. Sarah, what do you got? So are either of you traveling for Christmas? No, all the freeloaders come to my house. Yeah, nice. they're all coming to ours as well. Well, I guess I'm going to be the only one that's doing traveling. Surprise, surprise. Where are you going? Well, I don't, I'm not necessarily traveling, but according to AAA, they, they do this little comparison chart of like how many people are going to be traveling each year compared to last year. And they do it if you travel 50 miles or more. So I definitely travel 50 miles or more. My husband, he has a uh, a broken family, so we are constantly Christmas over here, mm-hmm. Christmas over there. And then on top of that, my husband's birthday is on the 30th, so we also have to do a bunch of traveling for his birthday as well. <laughs> I know. I, I'm telling you what, I am so broke this time of year <laughs> because my mom's birthday is on the 28th. Don't so. forget to pay your property tax. And oh, I also God. have that as well, so I'm poor right now. But, okay. Talking traveling, if you are out there and you are traveling, AAA recommends that you hit the road before 10 a.m. today because over 115 million Americans are expected to travel over Christmas and New Year's. Now, that number comes for people who are traveling 50 miles or more, and it is spanning from the 10-day year-end holiday event. So basically, they start this stats on Friday, and then they run it all the way up to like New Year's Day. So the amount of people who are going to be traveling via automobile is 103.6 million. That wow. is a 1.8 change from 2022. It's like a third of the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's quite a bit. So 104 million people are going to drive their holiday destinations. Like I said, 1.8% more compared to 2022. This year's projected number of drivers is the second highest on record after 2019, when 108 million drivers hit the road for the holidays, as 2023 comes to a close, drivers can expect to pay about the same or less for a gallon of gas they did last holiday season when the national average on Christmas Day and New Year's Day was $3.10 and $3.20, respectively. Mm. Now, if you are going to be traveling just kind of in the Midwest AAA says that West North Central region, so Iowa, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, North Dakota, Nebraska, and South Dakota, specifically those areas, 8.2 million travelers are expected to be on the roadways. So that is a 1% increase from last year. And then for the uh, West South Central region, so that is Arkansas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Texas, there's going to be about 10.7 million travelers. Once again, a 1% increase from 2022. And for our friends that are going to be traveling in Missouri, uh, and they're just going to keep it right here, we're going to have about 2 million people on the roadways this year. So that's not too bad compared to the other states. Definitely. I saw something else in here. There it is. The best and the worst times to travel by car, like I mentioned earlier, if you're planning to hit the road today, the best time to do it is before 10 a.m. So if you are listening to this show right now, you did good. Mm -hmm. The worst time to travel is 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Now, Sunday and Monday, they say there's going to be minimal traffic impacted. But Tuesday and Wednesday, the worst times to travel is 1 to 5 p.m. So if you are planning on hitting the road that time, you're probably going to run into some type of traffic jams or any type of congestion. But if you are hitting the road and you're looking to find the best time, anytime before noon. Hmm. So there you go. There is your uh, holiday travel report. So something that I think I need to throw out there, and I've had to kind of start putting this in my travel plans, 
is when I'm coming up on a big metropolitan area, I need to time when I get to certain towns or cities or, or you know, if I want to go through Oklahoma City, I don't want to go through there at 8 a.m., yeah. right? So I learned or figured this out the wrong way. We went uh, to Florida this year, and I happened to hit Birmingham, I think, at like 7.30 in the morning or something like that. Oof. And so we were towing in my one ton with the camper and the whole deal. And I'm like, I didn't plan that out. We got up, got on the road. Everything was cool. Everything's working awesome. And I'm towing through Birmingham at rush hour, trying to merge and make sure I'm hitting People with loved you. 50. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, you just kind of lean over in there and magically a space opens a little bit. So I would turn the, the turn signal on and I'd let it run a little while. And then I just start easing over and magically somebody let me ride in there so there you go. I, I wanted to throw that out there because if you're going to say like chicago we you know i spent some time as a kid up there and so we drove back and forth you don't want to hit st louis at either or peak rush hours going through there which they've done better um we spent a lot of time in st louis they finally have the bridge uh, in Fenton. I don't know if you guys are familiar yes. with that. It has been under construction since I was probably like three years old. And I'm not exaggerating at all. And finally, I saw them the last time we were up there at uh, Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. They finally had that bridge done. Yay! They have been working on that for decades. Now, probably they had it and they fixed and they, you know, stopped and started different expansions. But getting through St. Louis is much better than it used to be. But you definitely want to keep that in consideration while you're traveling. There you go. As well as, have you ever broke down traveling? Have you, Kyle? I've asked Sarah this. I think I know Shut the up. question. <laughs> <laughs> as a kid. I heard you last week. You were in a blowout before. I'm like, oh, man. As, you know, it happens. And, uh, you know, probably because I've driven so many piles of junk over the years with yeah. used tires. And that's a whole nother discussion. But. Uh, you know, I stop thankfully and help a lot of people now more than I, I did younger. Normally I was the one broke down when I was younger. Do you ever like time yourself? Have your, <clears throat> have, have a sort of time you when you go out there and change your tire? So it's under five this minutes. This is not NASCAR. Bring, bring your son out there to hold the pan. You know, I had him and his buddy, uh, put a set of tires on the truck that he's going to be driving. And it was really interesting to see, you know, somebody that hasn't done that forever, you know, and try and teach somebody, but I had a lady, she was broke down in front of the Dollar General in Marionville here a while back. Um, it was a little Ford Escape. And I was, you know, I'm a bigger guy. So me knocking on your window probably is not. At nighttime. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was just about twilight there. And she said, well, AAA will be here in an hour and a half is what they had told her. Oh, wow. And I said, hey, if you don't want any help, that's fine. But I said, hey, I've got the tools here that I could get you back on the road pretty quick. In three minutes, I had the tire down on the ground, car up, tire off, tire on, and torque in the lug nuts, and she was ready to go. Wow. So it wasn't a NASCAR thing, but I was pretty close there, Miss Sarah. Johnny on the spot. And, you know, once I, she saw that I wasn't there to, you know, basically steal her car or do anything bad to her, she was very thankful that within a few minutes, but I carry an aluminum jack that I strongly recommend, uh, the Harbor Freight, ton and a half if you haven't bought gifts for anybody male or woman um that is a fantastic gift have you guys done this yet on your your your, your facebook page or whatever to do like a big list dustin's must have you know uh, uh roadside needs 
Kind, I mean, kind we, we've of. We've done several shows, but we haven't formed a list that, like, this is be, your criteria. That'd be good. Kyle, right. you always have the best ideas. There we go. We I got a show. It. It's all it's all selfish needs. <laughs> I trust me. I'm like, I don't know, like, I'll listen to your show, and then like, I'll miss something. Perfect example: gas. Mm-hmm. You said something last week about gas, like uh, the the type of grade yeah. it is, whatever. Yeah. And I totally missed the first top part tier. of it. I was so mad. Like, yeah. where do I get a top tier? Where, which one's not a top? So tier? as long as you go to a uh, oil company owned filling station, so Sinclair, Marathon, Phillips sixty six, the Rapid Roberts, uh, if they are an oil company and they sell gas. That's always topped here, and you'll see it on the like gas Casey's. Pump. Yes, so Casey's, Come and Go, Murphy's USA, any of your private labels, they're selling second-tier fuel. And when I do fuel analysis at the shop, I can see the difference. Really? Yes. Just, As, yeah. just stay away from Come and Go. Well, I'm not throwing stones. I like Come and Go's diesel. They have what's called slick diesel, so they have a power service additive yeah. in their diesel. I actually do prefer that. But if you had to choose, if I had to choose, Phillips, uh, yeah, Phillips, Sinclair. Uh, we don't have marathons around here, but they're a Rapid lot of, Roberts. Would that count? Yep, Rapid Roberts. That that would be a good one. Any of your Conoco's, anything like that, that is a Shell. branded. Yep, Shell, definitely the Macadoodles. Yeah. Um, going in and out of Republic there. If I can drive past a private label to an oil company, I will, and I will fuel up. And then I sometimes I'll do calculations. I'll do scan data analysis as far as spark knock, detonation. And I can definitely see a, a difference of how those cars act. And if you're a fuel economy person, as well as if you look at General Motors, you drive a fairly late model General Motors. I love that truck, by the way. In their information, Top Tier is a branded subsidiary of General Motors, and they were having issues with carboning and different things um, that they were having to fix under warranty, and it was related to the fuel. It wasn't anything General Motors was doing, and that's where the Top Tier portion of that came from was so you don't have drivability concerns with your GM products. Good to know. So we do need to step into another break. Uh, We'll be right back after this. Well, it's Christmas time again. All right, welcome back. We got Sarah Dustin, Kyle Wyatt Esquire. Here is our special guest. Sarah, I know what your favorite Christmas movie is, but why don't you tell the people? Ooh, so it's kind of a toss-up. So I love Christmas Vacation. Mm -hmm. That is always one of my go-tos. But my other favorite one, which is apparently a terrible movie, but I love it, is Jingle All the Way. It was was a terrible movie. (laughs) I love that movie so much. I watch it every year. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. So (laughs) dumb, but I love it. Did he do a get to the chopper? Did he do that? <laughs> no, but he did do this scene where he's like screaming at the neighbor because the neighbor was making these little end windows at his wife and oh, they were yeah. making cookies and he screamed at him to put those cookies down. I'll find the I'll find the clip. Oh, that's hilarious. I'll find the clip. All right, Kyle, what's your favorite so Christmas I, movie? So I'm a connoisseur of okay. sorts when it comes to Christmas movies. Okay. And so I have I have my top ones that must be watched before uh, Christmas is over. Mm-hmm. All right, I, we we said earlier that I start with Die Hard. Yep. That's 
I, I don't ever have to guess which the very first movie I'm going to watch is Die Hard. <laughs> the last movie okay. that I watch is Christmas Vacation. Okay. So I bookcase my 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 you know favorite movies of that. But in between those, I when I get closer to the holiday, that means those are the more precious movies uh-huh. to me. So a Christmas story. Of course, I was which hoping that was going to be in there. I thought you would have caught the the changing of the tire where Ralphie goes out there <laughs> and his dad. And, you know. <laughs> I, that is a true Christmas event, isn't it? That's right, uh, but a Christmas story obviously is in there. But one of my one of my favorite movies that uh, doesn't get a lot of like publicity, or whatever, is Christmas with the Cranks, Tim Allen and uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, it is a hilarious movie, uh, Christmas with the Cranks. If you don't know what it is, they have a they have a daughter uh, who, who's gone to college and she's joined the Peace Corps, mm-hmm. right? So she's not gonna be home for Christmas, and so Tim Allen uh, comes up with the idea of. Let's skip Christmas and use that money that we would have done for decorations and presents stuff and go on a fantastic cruise. Hmm. Well, things go awry uh-huh. when they find out their little girl's coming back home for uh-huh. Christmas. And so it has Dan Aykroyd in it. Oh, a lot of good actors. In you know, it. I've not seen that one. I'm going to have to put that a, on the it list. It is a must watch. Uh, a hilarious one, I think, is Four Christmases when you talk about a broken family. Oh, uh-huh. uh, Vince Vaughn and mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon, and and they have to go to their four different families. You know, their dad, their dad, mm-hmm. their mom, in uh, each one of that, and just a just a funny, funny, funny show. <laughs> uh, but there's there's just I mean, literally, there's so many, and, and for the kids. Uh, you know, they have the, we talked about earlier, the Charlie Brown Christmas, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that is, uh, that is a mainstay. You have yeah. to watch that. Um, a wonderful life I yes. think is, is another mainstay you have to watch. We always love watching Bing Crosby's white Christmas. Have you ever you got into yeah. that? Oh my no, God. No, I haven't. Dustin. I know. They're going to take my Christmas away. Bing Crosby, you are, <laughs> by God, make sure you watch Bing Crosby's okay. a white Christmas. It is a, that is an absolute must. Okay. I'll put that on the list. Yeah, you have time. I do. Yeah. All We're running time. out of time. Yeah. All the, all the time. I have so much Two time. days. <laughs> it's not quite the same after Christmas. No, that's true. That's true. Are you a big white Christmas person? Like, do you... Does that make a difference as far I as think the it, snow? I think it adds to, to be honest with you, I don't I don't necessarily mind snow. Sure. I, I, I like it when it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't like what you were talking about earlier, the, you know, up there in Michigan and Nick was talking about Wisconsin. So we had lake coming. effect snow. Have you ever experienced lake effect snow? And I was going to ask Nick while he was in here if he had ever seen thunder and lightning snow, thunder snow. Oh. And that was a, a true whiteout conditions when I lived up north. And, and what Nick was saying, once it snowed, that stuff was there. So if you built, you know, my dad did certain things as a kid, but one of the things we always did was make a sled run. And now we had plenty of snow. So we would make this six foot, my dad was six foot tall. We'd make a six foot tall sled run and all the kids in the neighborhood like there were kids I didn't even know. Like we'd come home from the grocery store and they're sledding on our hill, which is fine. It wasn't no big deal. But we would have to shovel the sidewalks and the driveways anyway. So as he did, he would build us this sled run and we'd put water on it. And I mean, really like uh, cool runnings came out around yeah. that same time. So I thought I was the the Jamaican bobsled <laughs> team. <laughs> but we had such a blast. And then we would take, my dad was an auto body guy, and so we had car hoods laying around. Oh, Lord. So we would sled with car hoods, and we would also flip them upside down, build walls, and make our own igloos. I mean, there was that much snow as a kid. 
as well as we get kind of a powdery snow here that sometimes doesn't pack all that well. When it would come across Lake Michigan and we lived on the east side of Lake Michigan, it would pick up all this moisture and then it would just dump feet of snow. And so we would have the most epic tunnels, caves, I mean the whole deal. So I either want lots of snow or I want it to be 65 degrees. See, that's what I grew up with. I grew up in Kansas City and we always had... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's if Al Gore's right all this global warming <laughs> stuff, but we I mean we would build like these mm-hmm. these these ice forts yep. and then tunnel through, yep. and uh, and I think that's where I got my claustrophobia from because I was a fat kid and I got stuck one time and I couldn't get through. <laughs> oh, it was terrifying. I but, bet it was. Yeah, but yeah, I remember lots of snow that when we moved down here. It just doesn't seem like yeah. it snows that much. It, we have. If it does, it's not. It doesn't stick around either. You know, right. you, you may get it for a week and then. It's sunny in 65 the following week, which is nice. I do like the kind of multiple flavors, if you will, of the four seasons. But pardon me, when I lived up north, that was a, an event for us. And we didn't have snow days either. Right. We would uh, do a late. And so instead of, I forget what time, 8 o'clock, we would go in at 1030 every day. And that would allow all the heavy equipment to do the snow removal and so we very seldom, unless it was a whiteout condition, ever got out of snow when I lived up north. Yeah. Here, it even threatens a little bit, and they're canceling <laughs> snow. And they got the road out there. Rod out there. Never buckle up, guys, or stay home. <laughs> what about you, uh, Sarah? What, what other movies do you like? What, what, what's a must-watch? Well, we always watch the, I guess it's the Mickey Mouse version of... Christmas Carol? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, we watched that not too terribly long ago, and the little one loved it. Yeah. But, yeah, other than that, basically the same list as yours, really. We basically just pick a movie probably, like, every weekend, right around the Thanksgiving time, and we will just kind of sit and watch them. And then we watch them, like, a full day while we're doing our Christmas decorations. When did you put your tree up this year? Uh, after my daughter's birthday, so it'll be sometime after November 11th. Mm. Wow. Before, before Thanksgiving. That early? I, by God, now, look, she doesn't let me to do everything, so we get the tree up, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. And, and the decoration of that, and then when it gets to Thanksgiving, I can have, I have the lake lamp. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, you it's do? A, it's, it's a major award. No kidding. Oh, yeah, a major award. Uh, and then our, we have our, our uh, uh, Christmas Village, and oh, yeah, we we go a little Clark Griswold. Do you? Yeah. Hmm. I always put my Christmas tree typically either that Saturday or Sunday after Thanksgiving. What about you? I hope Stacy does not listen to this show because <laughs> I don't do squat when it comes to that stuff. She would that's love... Gonna be, that's going to come a shock to her? Well, she. so we have a beautiful uh, porch all the way across our house with a you know a railing and, you know, I mean, the prime... You know, decorating the house right. situation, and I ain't got time for that. So I don't do any of that. Wow. She dresses up the house. She does an amazing job. Uh, the lights went out on our Christmas tree, I think, a couple of years ago, and it was the ones you plug in. Right. And she's like, will you fix this? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to buy a new one. So I bought a fiber optic one that's oh. all pre-doing its right. thing. And that's what we have now. And then Stacey, of course, makes the house a home, if you will, and makes it, you know, not seem like it's just a a rough old mechanic that lives there. So, but we need to step into another break. We're going to do that. And we're going to wrap this up in a nice little bow right after we come back. Christmas in Dixie. All 
right, welcome back. We got just Sarah Dustin. I know. Wire, Esquire had to skate out on us. Everybody's flaked out. We I really did enjoy having Kyle on here. I, I missed the Saturdays where I would come in early and watch and, and be here with his show. You know, Kyle does a great job, but it is a whole different level to be in the studio and be able to uh hear and see his callers and and some of his uh expressions as he's kind of fielding some questions i really thoroughly miss that so. i know so i what i was thinking about while well, we just had all of these guests kind of just in and yeah. out yeah yeah i celebrated my seventh work anniversary <gasps> Is it really been yes. that long yes i celebrated it on sunday and so i've been kind of in this like i don't know just like <laughs> Oh, you know, kind of reminiscing, if you will. And so uh, I there's a lot of times I don't get to see everybody yeah. all the time just because how crazy busy mm -hmm. it gets here at the station and people are popping in and popping out. Yeah. So it was really nice to be able to to hear from Katie and to see Kyle and For sure. sit down and actually chit chat with Nick. We do that basically Monday through Friday. But, right. you know, to talk about. Uh, I guess you would say some more lighthearted things. Oh, yeah, for so sure. It was kind of nice, yeah. It was great. Yeah. So, Sarah, I got a Christmas question for you. I am ready for it. Do you have one gift that was really like the pinnacle of gifts? Hmm. Not to be the, the materialistic, you know, it's not always about giving. Maybe it's an event. Maybe it's something. Um, I can remember uh, one, but I was curious if you had one that was like the... Uh, uh, you know, the, the Holy Grail Christmas gift. So I think I was probably like 12 or 13 and I got my first ever laptop. Oh. And my mom had made it very clear that I was not going to be getting one oh, and that it was the old trickaroo. She on did. She was like, they're expensive, mm -hmm. you know, cause now you can get them relatively oh, cheap, yeah. but back in the day they were kind of expensive mm -hmm. and so she made it very clear like we can't afford this it's not gonna happen and me at the time i was really into music and media i still am of, no, course. of course and i really wanted one because like photoshop was just becoming <laughs> a thing and just i i just wanted a laptop and Anyways, I opened all my presents and I I can't even remember what else I got that year. I mean, I always always got really good presents, sure. but I was just like the tiniest bit disappointed that it wasn't under the tree, but I was grateful for what I got. And then my mom did an old Uno reverse and she pulled another <laughs> present out and it was my laptop. I cried. Aww. Yes. Um and then gosh, probably Four years ago, I got my engagement ring from the husband. Oh, so that was a pretty good that's Christmas gift. a good one. Gift. Well done, Ryan. Yes. Good job. Let me tell you, that engagement, I love Ryan so very much. And for those who know my husband, they know he's a funny guy. He's just, <laughs> he's an interesting character. And yeah. I swear, he does the, the dumbest things. <laughs> I got, where did, where did you and Stacy get engaged? Uh, I was actually on Christmas uh, two years ago. Oh, well, there you go. At our house, yeah. All right. Yeah, so. I got engaged. <laughs> I got engaged. You're going to lose it over there? <laughs> I got engaged next to a trash can. Oh, well, <laughs> the, the moment struck, Ryan, apparently. <laughs> I mean, all of these people, some of them you'll see on Instagram or social media, and they're like, they've got like balloons uh -huh. and flowers and things like that i got engaged next to a trash can while screaming at my dad to come in for lunch oh really 
So he just blindsided you right in the middle of uh, progress there. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, I did not get a very beautiful engagement, but every single time I reminisce on Uh getting engaged, I laugh really hard just because the whole scene was just a hot mess. It's not forgettable. No, it is definitely not. Well, good for Ryan. Well done, sir. So you did not get engaged next to a trash can? No, it was in our living room there after we had opened presents. Um, So that was the last present, essentially, for Stacey. There you go. That's yeah. a pretty good, pretty good Christmas. I thought so. What about you? Uh, best Christmas gifts. So I wanted, so my dad was a smoker, probably still is if I had to guess. Uh, and he smoked Camel Filter 100s in a soft pack, and then he switched to Camel Filter 100s in a box. Anybody that was a kid through the 80s and 90s and parents smoked, you probably have an idea what they smoked because it was a big part of our life at that point. So he collected all the C notes, which was the little uh, camel bucks that they had in the cigarettes. Marble oh, has and the then you could miles. like, yeah, you could trade them in for different swag yeah. and gear and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so we would save those. And one year, I wanted they had a little Swiss Army knife, and I mean little, like the the one you know you would keep in your pocket to trim and you know fingernails and whatnot. And I wanted one of those so bad, and it was in the catalog, and I had asked him for it, and he's like, no, you're too young, you're too young, you're too young. And that gift was under the Christmas tree, and it was, I think, the last gift I opened. It was a small box, obviously. I had it for years. I wish I could say that I still had it. I Mm -hmm. don't. Um, But that was probably one of my favorite ones as a child, was that my first, like, quote-unquote Swiss Army knife for, and I don't know if you can tell me whether it's a big deal for girls but um for a boy getting your first pocket knife or the responsibility of that i was in boy scouts or i was a cub scout at that point you know they have your whittling chip card which you know basically allows you to carry a knife and that you're responsible you know how to open it you know how to close it that was kind of i don't want to say a rite of passage but a little bit was as growing up uh to get your first bb gun to get your first pocket knife and then, of course, to get your first car or truck. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of the the big deals there. Um, I've gotten a couple of uh, firearms over the years that I really um, am thankful for. I have hunted with them. I've, uh, you know, had a lot of recreational target practice and fun. And I'm at the point now to where I really need to probably ramp up some of that firearm safety with the kids. And those were always excellent gifts. Stacy's gotten me several different ones actually my concealed carry gun that i carry most of the time was a i believe it's actually a birthday gift it was not christmas but it was still a one of those gifts that i i get lots of use out of and sarah you and i've had this discussion before i give gifts in that same mindset or manner as well i want it to be something that is useful or makes an impact on your life is is and it's not that i don't like you know, non-useful recreational fun things, video games or whatever. I'm not really a video game guy, but I understand a lot of people are. I want stuff that will benefit somebody's life. Does that make any sense or you think I'm just being crazy? It does. Uh, real quick, when you were talking about firearms, I'm going to cross-promote here really quick. Okay. Quick draw gun. Yes. In Monette. Absolutely. They actually are celebrating their ninth anniversary, so they've been doing an well anniversary done. sale. And if you are out there... Yeah. And you are searching for a very, very, very last minute Christmas mm-hmm. gift. Uh, they are doing their anniversary sale 
until the end oh, of really? today. Yes. Okay. So they're going to have gift cards, uh, stocking stuffer ideas under $10, store-wide savings. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things that they are going to be having is you can sign up to win a Henry Golden Boy. I want one of those so Well, bad. you better head on over there. Have you ever, you know, like worked the action on one of those or even felt one? I don't think so. So I am a Ruger 1022 guy, hands down. That's was my first like true firearm and i've had many and and have many still long story short great firearm but when you work the action on a henry golden boy which is a lever action uh typically and i don't know that it's all missouri walnut but a lot of it is missouri walnut that they make the stocks out of but it's just a really well refined uh lever action usually typically a heavy barrel um, anybody that's a uh, you know firearms enthusiast, that is something that if they don't have one, I guarantee they want one. And they are amazing. And they've gone up in price quite a bit because they've really sought out some popularity on those. But they are a great piece of equipment. So great job to quick draw that that's what they're raffling off or giving away or however they're you know, making it happen for folks out there. Well They're good done. people. Yep. That's fantastic. They're good people. Uh, earlier, we were talking about Christmas movies. Your favorite Christmas movie, and right? And y'all hear gave it. me a little bit of flack for loving Jingle All the Way. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. I think it's just because it's a really stupid movie, but I just love it. This is my absolute favorite scene. Who told you you can eat my cookies? I'm just helping Liz out a little in the kitchen. She's making up a storm here. Ted. I need to speak to my wife. So could you get her on the phone, please? I think she's in the shower, Howard. Do you want me to go check? No! I mean, no, that's fine. On your way out, just tell her it would be a few minutes late, but you shouldn't worry. Oh, she won't worry. I mean, I'm here and... Mm. Oh, these cookies! I gotta get the recipe from Liz. Put that cookie down! Now! <laughs> get to the chopper! <laughs> I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love that movie so much. That is my favorite scene. Oh, it's so good. So, why is that one so special? I don't know. If I remember the storyline, it's a special robotic toy. Turbo like, Man! Turbo Man, yeah, there we go. And Arnold was big during the time that that movie, as far as like star mm-hmm. power... Uh, not that he's not now, he still obviously is, but that was a huge role reversal for him to pull out of the action genre, if you will, and then dive into some of the comedy, and he really did it great. Now, this is not a Christmas movie, but Kindergarten Cop was like one mm-hmm. of my faves of, of Arnold's as I was growing up as a kid, uh, but that one just is is the one that you really love. I think it's because it was one of the first movies that I can remember like recording on VHS tape. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I had that on VHS. We also had, and I don't know, you might remember this one or not. It had Drew Barrymore in it. It was called Olive the Other Reindeer. I believe that's what it was called. And it was about this little dog that's name was Olive. Hmm. And she was listening to a broadcast about they weren't exactly sure if they were going to be able to do Christmas because Rudolph was out. But hmm. Olive, the other reindeer, should be able to, you know, compensate for Rudolph being out. Well, this little dog took it as Santa was calling her because ah. he said Olive, the other reindeer. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, she goes on this trip to find Santa. I, I don't think that I ever have seen that one. You did spark my memory of one of my favorite ones that didn't come up so far was Prancer. Have you, have you not seen the Prancer movies? I don't 
think so. So um, it has the gentleman, and I'm blanking on his name. I'm going to have to look these up. Yeah, please Google it because I'm having a hard time here at the moment. But that was one of my favorite, like, I don't want to say realistic movies. Mm -hmm. uh, Sam Elliott is who I'm trying to think of. Yeah. He was in it. He was the dad. And essentially, I believe something happened to Prancer. It's been years since I've seen it. But he ends up falling out of the sky. And then this, uh, I believe it was a brother and sister. The boy was older. They end up finding Prancer and, and caring for Prancer. Oh, if you haven't fun. seen that movie... And essentially, I think if I remember part of the storyline, they Christmas was dependent on getting Prancer back in with all the other reindeer. Uh -huh. And so, you know, they they rehab him and, you know, it's kind of a hardship story. The family's having some financial problems and, you know, it's not the greatest Christmas ever. Christmas spirit's kind of taking a beating, if you will. But uh, that is by far one of my most favorite movies. Well, believe it or not, we are officially out of show. If you're out there, you have any questions or comments, feel free to text us. That phone number is 417-447-5743. Dustin, I hope you have a really wonderful Christmas. You as well. Have a Merry Christmas and be safe. Bye.